When you commit here, it become family. Everybody in your family is gonna be my family. I'm gonna treat you like you my son, and I'm also coach you like you like like you my player. And I was like, when that happened, I was like, yeah, this is this is home. This is home because out of all the coaches that recruited me, they 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 were more worried about, oh, how's the season going? Oh, what you been doing to get yourself better? Da, 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 da. And it was more about football. It was never about family. And me growing up the way I grew up without having a great father in my life, it was like, yeah, I need family. I need that needs to be my number one thing: family, family, family. <clears throat> like Mm-mm. I would, it would be, it would probably be a piece of like like a lot of black people say, uh, your your mother will always feed you before she feed herself. It was mm-hmm. the opposite for me. I would always make sure my mama ate before I ate. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dogs. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No Bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's up, Kashan? How you doing, man? What's good? How y'all doing? What's up? Doing, doing fantastic, man. We we just went live, but we're perfectly good. We can introduce you in. But we got 2022 four-star offensive line commit Kashan Sap with us this evening, man. Good to he- hear from you. I know we've been talking on Instagram and such, but it's good to actually talk to you in person. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It'd be great, great talking to y'all. <laughs> Gotta get some good light, man. This light is horrible. No, no, you're okay, good. Go. That's good. You're good. You're good. Nah, man. But how have things been? I know that you just told me that you're gearing up for a game tomorrow, you said? Yeah, man. I got a spring game. Well, not really a spring game, but a scrimmage game against Cockwood tomorrow just to see where we are as a team and, and, and not only as individuals. So it was just trying to, we're just trying to see where we're going to be at this season. How are you? Uh, how is everything going? You're, you obviously were visiting Florida State quite a bit. We'll get to that in a minute. But you know what? What are you? What are you? How is your off season? I should say. Any things that you're working on, getting ready for the season? Personally, I'm really just trying to get ready for the the end game speed. Really, uh, I'm trying to get into end game shape. Not really just in shape in general, but it's an end game shape like the game speed and and being able to to go hard for like four quarters without getting tired and let, being able to let my my teammates depend on me and not just everybody else i want to be able to be the main main person on the team because i'm a leader and i want everybody to feed off my energy yeah so um what's up man i'm nate you know i appreciate having you on um you know my first question is you know over this off season you've kind of learned how to you know snap the ball you played yeah. you played guard you played tackle and, and there's been some debate around you know fsu fans on, on what you're coming in as or what they've talked to you as. So can you, you know, address that? You know, are you coming in as a tackle guard or what what does Coach Atkins talk to you about and how he sees you fitting um on the offensive line at FSU? 
Uh, necessarily right now we've been just talking about the interior because um, mm-hmm. we have a lot of we got we got tackles this year we got uh we got early mm-hmm. we got um Antavius Woody we we got Kanaya we got we got Lou we got Dodger Richardson and we got some other guys coming that we're not gonna speak on that we got, I've been recruiting <laughs> I've been recruiting <laughs> we'll get to that part well, we're gonna pick your brain so we're gonna pick your brain on a few things <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've been recruiting but um yeah uh, mainly the interior game uh, probably probably center probably guard I mean it's gonna switch in between there but mainly mainly guard right now because that's what I'm more focused on because I got some things up my up my sleeve right now yeah so you know follow up question <clears throat> is you know I've always thought that. Quarterback and center um, are the two hardest positions in football. Uh, you know, mainly because you're making the calls and all that kind of stuff. So, how has that adjustment been? You know, learning how to snap and and, and, and you know trying to learn that that part of the part of the game. Well, uh, what what I like necessarily the smartest people on the field are the offensive linemen. In mm-hmm. my opinion, I mean, I'm not biased, but in my opinion, uh, the smartest players on the field are offensive line because we have the brains. We have to make calls. You have to see it, literally everything, especially at center. Center at center is 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 a hard position, like you said, it's one of the hardest positions on the field because you have to make sure you you you're having everybody on track at the same time, moving as one heartbeat. As one of the old saying, everybody got to move as one heartbeat. So you got to make sure that everybody's moving at the same pace and at the at the same speed. So. And then knowing their job in that job and not in the direction they need to be moving in, and I mean it's not hard. I've been going, I've been doing it over the summer this year, mm-hmm. and, and I mean I'm I'm adjusting to it. Uh, the only thing that's probably complicated is like trying to picture the like the the overhangs at center because you're an interior, you're, you're you're inside the box. The only thing you need to be focused mm-hmm. on is whoever's inside the box, the mic, the the wheel, and the sound. So it's like for for you, you got to be able to picture out the. You got a you got a spur on the outside that's probably probably faking the coverage on the on the wide receiver, but he's blitzing the outside corner, like a corner blitz basically. So it's it's hard sometimes mm-hmm. picking that up because the game is moving so fast, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. fast, fast, fast. So it's hard to pick it up sometimes, but it's an adjustment. It's an adjustment. So I mean, I get used to it. And you know, while we're talking about your senior season last year, you started on a Lee County team that finishes a state runner up. So just how confident are you that you guys are going to be able to turn the corner this time around? I mean, I'm very confident in my team this year. I'm, I'm never going to doubt my team because that's if, if you're doubting your team, then you don't have no no self-confidence for yourself and, or your team. But um, I feel like we're going to be good this year. This is this is why we're, we're planning this scrimmage game tomorrow to see where we are, are as a team and seeing what we need to do to improve to make it like make our, our cause better and, and our fronts just to see where we are, like see where we're at. And and because of that, like last year, it was like you said, we we were the state running away. We had the best offensive line in the in the in the nation of high school, high school football. And it was we were all over the, the social media. Lee kind of has this, Lee kind of has that because we were so we we were so like big on connecting together as an offensive line. So where that where the quarterback don't have to stress in the backfield. He can he can sit there. He can read the coverages. He can he can be able to be comfortable in the pocket, and and so that what made a big a big deal on us this year against where we were going eleven and one. I mean it feels bad that we lost in the state championship game. I mean that's everybody's downfall, but we're gonna bounce back this year and win. Hopefully, win it for the, the guys from last year, and not the, not for us. Sean, I gotta go to this comment down here, and I was just gonna bring him up earlier, but. Check out the background back here. I know you've been on IG lives. I've been yeah. catching you cutting up and you know, you're listening to music and such, but 
Tell us a little bit about that background, man. Who did oh, that for right. you? Actually, this was my mom's idea. Uh, it's always the moms. The moms always hook it yeah, up. Yeah, it's my mom's idea. She wanted, I mean, that, that's not all. We have we got the pillow. God. Even the curtains. Hold up. You even got the garnet gold <laughs> So, man, we're, hey, we're locked in, man. We're locked in. We're, we're locked in. We're all for a state, man. There's no, you won't, you won't see no decommitment from me. None. No. I'm Florida State in the flesh. Tell me about that because we've seen a couple guys lately, like McCall, also say, you know, it's it's locked in, locked. He, you know, some people are wondering why he was going down to Florida, and you know, there's always it's FSU Twitter. They're always going to spur up anything, but yeah. you know, it seems like a lot of guys are, you know, trying to lock this whole recruitment down. Is that a Norvell kind of effect, and the rest of the the um, coaching I would staff? say I wouldn't say it's a Norvell effect. I say it's a climb effect. Okay, I say it's the okay. climb effect because. Consistency is is key of all relationships and and brotherhood. That's that's all that's at Florida State, brotherhood. And you can ask a lot of players that I recruited, what's the biggest thing about South? Brotherhood. Because I've grew I've grown up with three older brothers, so I didn't I don't have no choice but to learn what brotherhood was. So it, it's hard growing like like I said, I grew up three older brothers and with a single mom. So it's, you have to you have to realize that these are your these are your guardian angels and they're gonna take care of you so these are your brothers they're gonna stick beside you 24 7 no matter what if you're right or wrong even when you're wrong okay they're gonna go they, after that they're gonna go back and tell you you're wrong but at, at that moment you're right so it's about brotherhood and, and they they realize and they see that mm -hmm. now um you know you mentioned that when you went public that you were you know silently committed for for a little bit of time so you know, walk us through how that all happened, you know, when that happened, and, you know, was it hard to to not go out there and say, hey, you know, I'm committed to FSU? It was hard. I'm I'm going I'm to I'm tell you the type of person I am during my recruitment process. I was a troller. <laughs> I was a troller. <laughs> and um, so I actually committed April 2nd, and that was during when we had spring break. We had spring break. I committed April mm -hmm. 2nd. And um, I, was in, I was in Norcross, Norcross, uh, Atlanta. I was visiting with my my God family, uh, my second God family, and I walked out the house. They was like, "Why are you walking out the house?" I like, "I gotta make a call. Calm down. I gotta make a call." And what all happened was, um, Coach Atkins. I was in school. We were getting out from school. Coach Atkins actually called my brother, my third brother. Like I said, we're brotherhood, so all my brothers are gonna be included in my uh, my recruitment process. Well, one of them, where two of them still aren't in recruited, but he got that one. My my third oldest brother, he got him that wasn't included into my recruitment process, and he called him. He was like, "Yeah, man, we want to we want you to be a part of his recruitment. I know you got stuff going on yourself and his personal problems, but at the end of the day, we want we want you to know that you're you're part of the family and we, you're part of this recruitment process along with your brother." And my coach texted me. He was like, "I just got off the phone with your brother Dion." I was like, "You just got off the phone with who?" He was like, "You got off the phone with, with your brother Dion." I was like, I, I told my teacher, I was like, "Man, I step out of class real quick." And I called him. I'm like, Coach, you tell him you just got the phone with my brother. He was like, yeah, I got the phone with your brother. I said, Coach, there's no way you just got the phone with my brother. You don't even have his phone number. He was like, he sent me a screenshot. I'm like, bro, I said, my mama gave it to you. He was like, yeah, I told you. He said, I said, I told you. When you commit here, it become family. Everybody in your family is going to be my family. I'm going to treat you like you're my son, and I'm going to also coach you like you're, like, like you're my player. And I was like, when that happened, I was like, yeah, this is, this is home. This is home because – out of all the coaches that recruited me, they 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 were more worried about 
Oh, how's the season going? Oh, what you been doing to get yourself better? Da, 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 da. And it was more about football. It was never about family. And me growing up the way I grew up without having a great father in my life, it was like, yeah, I need family. I need that needs to be my number one thing: family, family, family. <clears throat> like Man. I would, it would be, it would probably be Go a ahead. piece of like, like a lot of black people say, uh, your your mother will always feed you before she feed herself. It was mm-hmm. the opposite for me. I would always make sure my mama ate before I ate. So it was hard growing up as a kid the way I did with my three older brothers, but. It's just family. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Nate. You were yeah, saying it, something. Yeah, I, I was going to kind of follow up with, um, you know, I'm not sure if anyone else is going to ask this, but, but, you know, Dustin and I do the recruiting for a lot for No Game Day, but, you know, we hear a lot about Atkins and, you know, just his ability to connect and kind of what you said is, you know, he's done a great job of recruiting the hell out of the offensive line this season. Um, you know, it's just you can look at the commit list and see what's 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 on that list and what's to come. Um, but you know, can you talk about about him a little bit more? And and it sounds like you know your relationship just was far and away better than anyone else. Um, me and Coach Atkins' relationship is like a father son relationship. He's like the father I wish I had when I was a kid um, because he stays on me. And he's like a he's like a life coach. Like I, I deal with so much stuff on myself that I don't like other people seeing because I'm so energetic and I and I love being around people. I love making people smile. That's the type of person I am because I mean you have to you have to show people that it's okay to be it's okay not to be normal like other people. Like me, I'm I'm not normal. I still have my fun side. As y'all see on my live, I'm a, I'm a yeah. goofy person. I'm a very goofy person. That's my actual personality. I like having fun, but it's sometimes when life hits you in the face and it's like. This is how it's going to be when you get older. And you have to sit down and realize, like, it's okay to be able to go through things in life and, and see the perspective of it. And that's what he showed me. He was like, you just got to sit down sometimes and think three seconds before you speak and and, and, and before you have actions that you don't want to have and, and just sit there and breathe. And he was like a life coach. And I was like, I ain't never had this before. And I just wanted to keep it. And the only way I could have kept it is because to make, to make, it, make that relationship further than what it was to just be able to, Wake up every morning at five o'clock in the morning, five o'clock, six o'clock workouts, and and go to work twenty four seven and know my coach loves me as a as a child and as a and, and, and as a player. So it's just the connection we had. It just built extremely more. And then my mother, man, he treats my mother like a queen because she she struggled. We and, and and it's hard. <laughs> it's hard thinking that your mom. 26 years old, having to take care of three kids before you was born, having to walk them to school every day, not being on the ride mm. bus. Mm. And, and he treats her like a queen, and he shows her that he's going to take care of me and take care of her and get me where I need to be to where I can I can actually provide for my mother financially and physically. So that's why, man, Coach, I can connect on so, such a high level, and I really appreciate him. I love him for all the things he's done for me and my family. We saw tons of pictures. I was going to mention this on the docket here, but you have tons of pictures with your mom. Tell us about her reaction to you making that commitment. How did that go? You telling her, maybe it was personal or whichever, how it went, but just tell us about her reaction because we know your relationship is extremely strong. And I want to go back to earlier, you know, I, I give major respect for you, you know, you know, stating, you know, you do everything for her. She comes first, you know, that, that kind of thing impresses me. I've got chills thinking about it Cause I want to do the same thing for my mom, but I just want to say major respect to you, but tell us about your mom and 
her instant reaction to you committing to the Knowles? Um, well, the first time I told my mom, she was so excited, but at the same time, she was excited to the point where she was emotional because like, like I've said, we came a long way. I've, I've came mm-hmm. from living in horrible environments to where I've seen people get shot in front of my face. And it's like, I had to get her out of that environment. Uh, we've made sacrifices our whole life. And I mean, you, you can't get nowhere without making sacrifices. You have to make some type of sacrifice in life to get the, a great result out of it. So that sacrifice was moving from out of a, a $250 a month uh, double wide trailer into a $750 du- duplex bedroom that we're still you know sometimes you struggle sometimes you don't sometimes your bills are paid sometimes your bills aren't and i'm still trying to get to the fact like she won't let me get a job that's the thing my mama, my mama always told me she did it when she was on she, she couldn't handle it she don't want me to do it she wants me to focus on football and focus on school and that's gonna be my meal ticket for her to get her out of predicament she's in right now and that's what i'm continuing to focus on is football and, and school so but me and my mother connection, like like I said, I grew up in a bad environment. So I, I inhabited some of the, the bad environment things that, that was going on in my my area. And I stayed in trouble a lot and stuff like that. And I lied to my mom. But if you sit and I sat there and thought about it, I was like, this is the only person I got left. So why would I continue to do something like this to her? And it just clicked in me. Like over the years, I've matured more and more and more. Like I've been told I have the mentality of a 34-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I'm only 18. And that's a great compliment to be, be noticed as because not a lot of, you can't say that a lot, a lot of people. You can't say that about a lot of people. And just being able to see my mom like smile, even though I know she works a nine to five every day or, or seven to nine, just to see her come home and smile and be happy to see me when she gets out of work, even though her body's aching, her feet's hurting and stuff like that. I'm just willing to put my put my body on the line for Florida State and just get to get her to where she needs to be and just take care of her because that's she deserves it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Dilo, if you have one up there on the docket. Yeah, I was going to say, you mentioned it earlier, uh, Kashan, but you've been one of the more vocal recruits since joining this Florida State class, especially with recruiting guys. So when you're reaching out to other guys to try and get them to join you, you know, what's your message to them? Um, the recent person, my, my recent commit was Daughtry, but my recent commit that I actually sat there, because I've already had, I, I've, I've been talking to Daughtry for a long time. Yeah. So he already knew what was up with me and him. But my, my, my recent commit is uh, Chris Parson, the quarterback. Yeah. We and, just had him on last week. We just yeah, had him on last week. Yeah. He mentioned you yeah. too. Yeah, he mentioned yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um like I sat him down and I'm like he was like, Bro, I'm committing in a couple of days, like I'm I'm a little I'm a little on first day and I'm a little on uh TC. I'm like, bro, I said if you wanna come somewhere and be a great impact and, and be an underdog, because me me personally, I love being an underdog. I love being an underdog. Since my ninth grade year, mm-hmm. I've always been an underdog. I, I haven't started my first year in football until last year my junior year and I blew up in one year and that shows you how much of an underdog I am. But I told him, I was like, bro, if you want to come somewhere and be a great impact and, and get the love and the respect that you earn and you deserve, I said, bro, Florida State is your home. You want to be able to come every day and have your brothers fight on the side of you in the weight room and cheering you on and telling you to push through the workouts when you're tired and exhausted. 
bro, come to Fuller State. Like, cause we here to make each other better, not just ourselves, but each other. We want to see, cause if I'm being great, the next person inside of me gonna want to be great. If you being great, the next person inside of you want to be great. It's just energy feeding off of energy. It's consistently feeding off energy. So I told him I was like, mm -hmm. just make your mind up. I told him I said, sit down, make your mind up, and just let me know what's up. If if you're not interested in coming, I understand because everybody have their own path in life. Everybody want to be successful in their own school. Everybody want to put their own legacy on a different school. Now everybody want to be a leg a legend at, at their own school that everybody else is going to. So I told him I was like, I understand if that's not your if, if that's not what you want to do, but if you want to come somewhere and you want to be respected and 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 you want to grind for greatness, Florida State is the place to be. And he he texted me the next morning. He said, "Go nose." I was like, "Yes." <laughs> I was like, "Yes." And I was like, "This how much of an impact I." And I was like, "Bro, if you sit here and talk," he talked to a couple guys that I recruited, and they told him the same thing. But Sap is a real dude. You're not gonna find nobody else like Sap. Sap is a real dude, and I tell everybody, like, bro, this is not no front. This is really me. This is the same person you're gonna see when you get to Florida State. The same person that talked to you the same way right now is gonna be the same person you get when you go to Florida State. Mm -hmm. Ask you, Sap, man. You know, speaking going into some recruiting, that you've you've got that recruiting hat on now, big time. Oh yeah. You know, who who are some names that you're going after? You know. Chris Parson said that he's got a list that he's going through and named a few on here, but who are some names to you right now that you're heavily after in text, calls, whatever, IG DMs? Skinner, Kevin Coleman, and Marvin Jones are three I'm on I'm big on right now because we need them. We need them in that secondary real bad. Mm -hmm. so. What about Nate? You <laughs> Nate's had, you know, I mean, along with Dustin too, but both of these guys have had Marvin Jones Jr. high on there. We talked about him last week mm -hmm. on the show, and, you know, that's going to be a big time recruitment. That's going to go all the way to the end there. But it seems like Florida State is it's in a good spot with Jaleel Skinner and also Kevin Coleman right now. Yeah. Kevin just actually just came from Oregon, so I got to talk to him and see how he was up there. Mm -hmm. so, other than that, I mean, all these guys, they they gotta they gotta. It's not it's not no peer pressure. It's just if you want to be great somewhere and get an early opportunity of being great, I mean, Florida State's the place to be. And yeah, I was gonna go ahead. Go ahead. Now you look at that, like you said a few times. You know there is. You know, Florida State's a young team. You know, you know they are going into this year as one of the top two or three youngest teams in the country. But there's still opportunity to go there to make an impact or turn things around. So, you know, us as Florida State fans have been around for a while. Look at the program and we're like, man, damn, you know, four years in a row I've been struggling. So how do you look at that coming in, knowing that Florida State is working to get back to that elite status? Man, Coach Norvell has got a plan for these guys. And he got a plan for us too. And just to think of it, like, like I said, being the underdog. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody wants the underdog to lose. So when the underdog wins, it opens your eyes. Okay, they really came here to play. They really came here to the 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 showcase their talent and show you that just because being an underdog don't mean we can't be successful. Don't mean we can't put in work. Can't don't mean we can't strive for greatness. Mm -hmm. So. I, I, lo I love being on the dog. I love coming to a young team and rebuilding everything because, I mean, we haven't they haven't won a, a, a national championship since 2014, I believe. 
13. Yeah, practically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that shows you, like, that's why a lot of people be like, like, these SEC schools, oh, this and that, this and that. But have you won a recent SEC, like, a a recent national championship? No. So there's no point in you talking down on a school in the SEC because you can't Mm -hmm. accomplish those goals either. So you're fighting, you're fighting the same, you're fighting the same battle that Florida State's fighting. And that's trying to get a national championship. Uh, you know, we can sit here and have a debate, but the uh, the SEC right now is what Florida State was in the nineties. You know, they've taken that blueprint and you know trying to follow that dynasty, which is never ever going to be matched. Exactly. That, that bound had, and you know, when Florida State's bought in and, and and you know what they should normally be, you know, that's the team that competes with the SEC and. Usually, you know, is the one that beats them on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. I was going to mention too, Sap. I know that you uh, were spending quite a bit of time with also Elijah Pritchett there um, during your most recent visit to Florida State. How is that relationship working? How's that going? Are you staying in contact with him? You know, how's that going to work for you? Because I think this uh, next weekend he was uh, at Alabama. How's that going for you with him? Oh, uh, right now. Pritch is playing my game in recruitment, the <laughs> pro game. So um, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little iffy right now. I don't know actually where he's going to end up at. But like I said, wherever he goes, I wish him the best. That's that's for any recruit. Wherever they decide to go, if it's not Florida State, I wish him the best. Because I mean, like I said, you gotta you gotta build your own legacy. But um, mm-hmm. right now, Pritch, it's between us or, or us or Bama, I believe. Yeah, us or mm-hmm. Bama. But um. Yeah, I actually play him in, in a couple of weeks. That'll be my first game against Pritchett. So we might swap jersey tape pitches and stuff like that. But it's been we've been really talking about competitiveness and, and about this game coming up against each other. So mm-hmm. we're just trying to see who going who's gonna give up the most sacks. <laughs> I, it's not gonna be me. <laughs> it's not gonna be me. I love it. I like that. Um, one one guy I'm sure Florida State fans want to hear your thoughts on is four star linebacker and your teammate Jerron Willis. And you know, obviously he's been committed to Georgia Tech for a couple months, but I'm sure you've been working on him a little bit. And he plans to be back in Tallahassee to visit for that Notre Dame game. And you know, he told me in a couple interviews that he grew up a Florida State fan. This is his dream school. So, just in your opinion, do you think the Seminoles still have a shot and pulling off the flip in the end? In my opinion, if I keep doing what I'm doing, we got a chance. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, every time, yeah, he'll tell you, every time he comes around me, I'm throwing that top up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> up. He was like, bro, get over, bro, get over. I'm like, no, nah, because, like, okay, so it was one day we had practice. We had early morning practice. We got in there, like, 530. We didn't start practice about 7 because we had fan. We had meetings. And he came back downstairs and had a Florida State shirt on. I was so I try to get a picture. I try to get a picture of. Him. I was gonna post it on social media. So he was like, uh-huh. but turn your camera off. I was like, dang. But yeah, man. I mean, it's it's gonna be hard flipping him from Georgia Tech because I mean he got a lot of love down there. But I told him I'm like, bro, this is this is your home. You was born to go here. You've been a Florida State fan all your life. But I get what he's saying though because I, I'm the same way. I grew up an LSU fan. I'm from Louisiana. I'm from Morgan City, Louisiana, in a million. Mm-hmm. So I grew up an LSU fan. Die hard. LSU fan and, and like it's different when you're in recruitment process than when you're out of the recruitment process because it's like 
the school that you grew up loving might not show you the amount of love that the school that you didn't grow up loving. So it's it's, it's hard to choose, pick and choose between that. But I think we got a shot at them, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's so, a talented guy. Yeah. So very- so, well, what are some of your goals? You know, you got your last season in high school coming up. So what what's like your top three things that you want to achieve? Um, becoming a better person. Um, and a player, mainly uh, a leader, and showing the younger guys that you can do things if you put your mind to it and, and blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, secondly, graduate, mainly mm-hmm. graduate. And um, now, third would be graduate, and the second would probably be winning the state championship <laughs> for the guys that deserve the last year. Yeah. What I want to go back really quick and talk about what really gets you fired up about being a Florida State Seminole. I'm looking, you know, we just got a view at your room there and all around the house. And then also I see on your IG, you're always putting up the chop. You were at, what, 6 a.m. doing workouts and you're always showing love to FSU. What what really just excites you about, you know, Tallahassee? Because it seems like you've got that energy. You're coming into your visits and you're trying to recruit like you were just talking about. But really, just go through what what really is exciting. Is it the, the war chant? Is it the staff? Is it the fan base? Like, what really gets you going? The whole the whole shebang. Um, mainly, I say my best part about being a Florida State Seminole is the war chant. I it's it's, it's unbeatable. Like, who doesn't love the war? Who who doesn't just love just sitting there throwing a top up twenty four seven? Like, mm-hmm. it, it feels good. And then another thing is like just accomplishing the life goal. And it's another step of, of, of a journey that you have to accomplish to get to where you really want to be and the goals that you set as a young child, like I've said. And, and I mean, being a Florida State Seminole is, is great because you got a lot of people behind you that's willing to fight for you the same way you'll be willing to fight for them too. So that's just my that's my opinion on being a Florida State Seminole. It's all chops 24-7. So you're from Georgia. Um, you know, I don't know if you listen to our podcast, but – um, I, I was I, I claimed being the first one that was on the Travis Hunter train uh, on being <laughs> the best recruit in the class, um, and I think no. I think he's the best player in the last five years. Oh yeah. Um, so so what are your thoughts on a guy like that? That just you know he, he he's a pace setter you know on either side of the ball, and, and you know frankly I, I love his ability to talk smack and his confidence. So you know how how do you view uh, Travis and and how's your relationship with him? I the what man made what, what really made me and Travis click on my first visit is when we went to we went they had a spring they had the, uh, the spring game at Florida State they did the uh, the Garner and White game and when I first like this is my first like Travis Travis was recruiting me that's crazy Travis was mm-hmm. recruiting me and he was like bro come on bro you gotta we need you dog we need you you be the first person that, the first office line to commit we need you. I'm like, okay, bro. I was like, we gonna see. I said, I'm coming to the spring game. Let's see what y'all talking about. Let me see. I'm, a, I'm, I'm just trying to catch the vibe from everybody on the, as a recruit. Mm-hmm. Nico, this is when Nico was committed. We had Demar Austin there. We had um, what's his name? Um, the quarterback. I can't remember him. He, he committed to North Carolina State. So, um, no, MJ Morris. MJ yeah, MJ Morris. Yeah. MJ Morris was there. Um. It was a lot of it was a, it was a lot of guys. It was crazy. It was packed. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was a lot of guys, and I was just sitting there catching the vibe from Travis. Man, Travis was just sitting there talking. He's like, "Bro, this, this is the place to be, bro. Like, we need you." 
Like, this is not even just me talking. This is just like me, like sooner to you, hundred percent. We need you. Like, you'll be the you'll be the start of the offensive line. Like, you'll bring everybody together because your vibe and, and like your confidence, bro. We need it. It's key. And I was like, we're going to see, we're going to see. And when I committed, when I said he was probably the most excited person on this mm. earth, man, he was just blowing my phone up with, with the Seminole. I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's time to put in some work. It's time to put on this recruitment hat and let's get to work. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I look at myself, I, I, I look at a lot of men, men, men and Travis, I see my, myself and Travis a little bit because of the cockiness and the confidence he has. Mm -hmm. I'm the same way. Like, I've been waiting for somebody to mic me up for a football game. <laughs> I've, been yeah. I've been waiting for somebody to mic me up for a football game because, like, <laughs> when we put the pads on, I'm going to talk on my pads, but you're going to hear a lot of this because I'm going to mm -hmm. back it up. I'm not just going to sit there and talk just to talk. I'm going to back it up. I, I'm mm -hmm. a cocky dude. Uh -huh. As you can see in my fam, like, I get down and dirty. <laughs> I get down and dirty. We, we sat – we literally did a whole video me and uh dustin on here did a whole video looking at the most recent commits and you're also in there too but you know we were able to have a um, result that literally it is a very physical group that's going to be in the trenches in the future it seems like some mean guys they play smart but they're mean you know you're going to play till the second whistle until you're getting called you know off the uh, uh, second whistle like it's it's a mean group that's coming up in those trenches it seems like that's what coach atkins and norvell and dillingham want they want some mean guys up front play smart but play football bring back that physicality you know it seems you know florida state is the last five years let's all be honest you know the offensive line it gets a bad uh sheet on everything but you know it seems like they want to bring that nastiness back yeah there. I, I'm not gonna lie. I've done some. I've done some dirty things on the football field. Like, <laughs> I know if I sit on here, it'll probably sound nasty. But I've, 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 I've actually like got into it with a kid from Westlake, and I pancaked him, and he was still talking, and I spit on him. I, I know that's kind of. I know that's kind of wrong, but that's 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 old school football. That's that's how they used to play back then. They spit on you, and I had a song like, "Bro, you're a peasant." <laughs> <laughs> okay first i heard that you were standing on him i was like damn that dude's getting crushed i didn't hear the spit bar man. What, was, what was he saying man, to you though it all I'm really like, depends was he talking trash yeah and he was talking smack i'm like bro you're not doing nothing and it was one play we had this was right after the play i spit on him we had a play it was a uh our quarterback he couldn't get the ball off so we ran, we ran man coverage, and when I ran man coverage, I um I held him, I held him up good, and the quarterback ran around. I said, "Yeah, you dummy." <laughs> it was funny because he couldn't get off the block. Like I had him hooked up. Like I'm talking about, I had him tied up inside the body. I'm squatting low. I had him real good. He couldn't move, and he was like, "Bro, bro, you laying?" I said, "You're a dummy." I said, "You're a dummy. You think you can touch my quarterback?" Like I gave up my first time. Giving up a sack was against Lions, and after that, I never gave up a sack afterwards. No, one of my favorite players ever is Timmy Jernigan, and you know he had a he had a great past of being nasty and went into also practices, which we got to hear stories from about him being pretty brutal and mean. But I like that physicality. When I think Florida State, I think mean and nasty. Play smart, but you know, still you know, take care of what you got to do and be mean up front. Yeah. so I love it. I like it. I like that kind of energy. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's 
It's a game <laughs> of football. You got to be mentally and physically tough. It's mainly mm, a yep. mental game. Yep. You got to get out of your sometimes. Like you can't be, <clears throat> you can't be so uptight. You got to get loose. That's like, yeah. I tell a lot of people. My mom told me, this is this is why I play the game so good. She told me to contribute the season after my cousin because my cousin was the reason I actually started playing football. Without him telling my mom to let me play football, I would never be playing football. Mm-hmm. But I contribute my season to him because he passed away. And that was my favorite cousin out of my whole family. Like, I could talk to him about anything that I can't talk to people about now. But that was one reason. And the second reason was my mom said, every time you get on the field, picture the person in front of you as the worst person you, ne- you like you, you ever met in your life. And I picture that as my, my father. So mm-hmm. every person that gets in front of me, is that picture of him is implanted on that person's face every play. Right, and not to get, you know, too heavy, but you know, I, I grew up with a single mom, you know, a twin sister, kind of the same thing. My mom used to tell me the same exact thing, you know, a picture that person you hate the most, and like like you, you know, what what was my father? Man, my my first football game, I, I got I got kicked out because you know I grabbed the guy's face mask and threw him into the sideline. But you know, I that physicality, like you said, it, it, it is football. Um, it has a, a right place for it. But that's what's been missing at FSU is that mentality of when it puts you in the dirt and, and when it want to keep moving forward. And, and it's exciting for, for me that you know, I'm a little bit older than all y'all. You know, I I've seen the I've seen the the dynasty, I've seen the drop down when Bowden left and then Jimbo's um, you know they're the clan back up to the top and I've seen the last few years. So it's exciting to see that mentality that you have that hey, you know. One, I'm driven to be successful, so I'm going to do the right thing. Two, you're mature, and three, you just want to get down on the football field. It's great to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look, like, man. I I'd be so ready for the football <clears throat> season to get like for football season to get here because I'd be having so much stuff built up inside me. I can actually just get it out. <laughs> feel yeah, bad man. for the kid. feel bad <laughs> for the kid that's in front of you the first drive. Prayers to that kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we definitely appreciate you coming on here tonight, you know, answering our questions, open and opening up. And I think my last yeah. one for you is just, you know, you guys already have six offensive linemen committed in this class, including yourself, uh, before the season has even gotten started. So just how important is it to keep this group together moving forward and how close are all of you guys with one another? Um, we're, we're really close. Um, they really, like I said, a lot of people feed off of me. So they're all feeding off of me right now. And and it just goes to show you that, like, I could put a very big impact on a lot of people. Oh, I don't like that. I, don't don't go to the taco film. No taco film. <laughs> no, this one we can't go through. This one. <laughs> oh, man, bro. The guard film is so magnificent. Like, <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. Let me find it. Let me see. You can probably Give fast forward through it. But, um, yeah, um, they, they all love me. I told him, I'm like, bro, if you need anything, like money, like you need something. If you need some food, if you need me to DoorDash you some food, bro, you hungry, you out of town, you need something to eat, bro, just call me. Because, I mean, I take care of them. Because I take care of them, they take care of me. That's just how it is. Like, we're family now. So. Mm-hmm. I love bringing up I some think- tape. I love bringing tape. Now it's still, it's probably, I put it to the middle of this. That's, yeah, that's tackle. I pancake that kid. Watch, I'm going to run all the way to the front of the field. I remember that one. <laughs> you can see him. I'm going yeah, yeah, too, boy. Oh, you're still running, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You ain't that, that that's that, that goes to show you not a lot of big boys can move like me. I got quick feet. 
<laughs> What's going on here? What's this? Uh, this tackle, linebacker uh, came uh, line, Yeah. Linebacker came up. This is, I think this is the tackle for. This should be yeah. guard film at this. Y'all got me want to watch it now. I'm just sitting here and watching now. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's why I, I love, love bringing watching, up tape. I love watching my film. Okay, here there goes some go. guard right here. That just come. That just climbing up to the next level. I ain't really doing yeah. nothing on that play. That just showing you know, yeah. I got. I can see. I can. I can go up to the next level when I need to. Yeah. This is right here. I was working hand games. Top. Uh, replace. Yep. Why it's so laggy? Moving up. I think double team to the linebacker. Just going up to the next level again. Now running. <laughs> yeah. All the way down to early yeah. part. I would, I, yeah. Yeah, I pop up. Okay, this 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 kid right here was like three forty. Three forty? I'll go back to him. Yeah. Three hundred and forty pounds ahead of you. Let me see. He was a three he was a three forty nose guard. I see that so right there. When I pancaked him, he was like, Yeah, bro, you got me. <laughs> uh, oh, I can see he's a big cat. Oh yeah, you did. You drove him. What'd you say to him? Sit your sit your ass down. <laughs> no, nah, I, I started clapping. I got one play against uh River Ridge. <laughs> We played River Ridge and um I actually did like my, my actual celebration. Y'all gonna see it a lot this year. I did a cell I got my own celebration. It's called I got it's, it's the gorilla. Yeah. So I bang my chest, I bang my chest and smack the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Is that gonna come to Florida State, you think? Oh yeah, oh yeah, most definitely. I hope they don't call the flag on me though. <laughs> I do well. I know, right? Oh yeah. you're in the ACC, Santa. Yeah, You'll get used to it. You're in the ACC. Yeah. But no, we'll definitely I love this. I think uh, you know definitely whenever the season starts you know getting getting you back on here too to you know get a feeling of how your season's going and then also your continued recruitment at florida state it's 100 percent locked down right it's done it's over oh, yeah. it's over the coaches we, should stop contacting you the only thing you'll probably see me do just to get out the house is just go to a game that florida state's playing somebody that's it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i like that but like i got uh, i got four officials left so i got one plan i was gonna go to uh, chapel hill when they play florida state just so i could see florida state play chapel hill and i was probably gonna go to a georgia game that was it but this is just because i just want to get out the house like i'm a homebody but when i get a chance to get out the house i want to get out the house just to have fun just mm -hmm. just to do something and go places i've never been like my mom's actually from north carolina so yeah, I think that's a great idea. Take advantage, man. You know, you got this awesome opportunity. You know, you're, you're locked in, obviously. And Carlos Williams, who we've had, who's on here, used to be our co-host, you know, said, you know, he was locked into Florida State, but he took advantage because talented guy. Why not go see these different parts of the country, man? You, you've got that opportunity. Take advantage of that. So I think that's great. And safe travels when you do. Stay, stay healthy this upcoming season. We'll be covering you, and we're excited to watch you. And best – Best of luck to your team, too. We've seen that you've been putting in some work. So best of luck, man. Thank you so much for coming on for about 45 minutes, man. Appreciate it. Hey, man, be good. Thank you. I think his audio went out there at the end. Mm -hmm. I think I think the audio did go out, but <laughs> definitely appreciate uh, four-star offensive line. Uh, commit with Sean Sapp dropping in love, with us. Love the trash talking. I love it. Yep. No, I like it. That's what that kind of vibe is. That is definitely in the trenches. We got, we had Chris Parson. He's a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Nice guy. You know, he's going to be that leader, but in the trenches, it changes. Just, I love having that transition from a quarterback mm -hmm. we had last week and then an offensive lineman that we've seen taped at their mean. And here he is talking about it, that he is indeed a, not a nice guy on the field.
I love it. Yeah, I was very impressed, you know, especially with him opening up more on his story. And, you know, it really seems like this mm-hmm. is a kid that's motivated to make the best out of his situation. So excited to follow him during his senior year and can't wait to see what he does once he does get to Florida State. Yeah, I give mad respect to what he stated earlier, talking about his mom. I, I yep. love it. I got chills about it. And I'm sure you did too, <laughs> Nate, about, you know, yep. that kind of mission that he's on. And I'm, I'm pulling for him big time. Hope he has a great season ahead. Yeah, man. Austin, man, your questions were just, you know, phenomenal. Austin's doing hey, a great job. It, you know, <laughs> you know, just, just, you know, you're, you're, you're foray into, uh, you know, interviewing recruits has just been going swimmingly. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I, I went in, you know, head first. Yeah. But, you're no, but, but, you know, for, for real, like, like, you know, l- let's be honest, you know, let's just keep it real. You know, Florida State has struggled on the offensive line recruiting-wise. Um, you know, here comes the kid that, you know, has everything that they they need. You know, he's got versatility, um, plays with a mean streak, um, is still learning the position, and is, seems like he's very coachable. And, and the thing that I agree with what you said, Logan, is that, like, he's driven. So he's going to do the right thing, and he's going to work his tail off just because he has a purpose in life to make his mom's life better. So this is a kid that's going to keep his head on straight, going to do the right thing. And, and, and you know, he's going to continue just to develop into a, a really good college player. Absolutely. Speaking of, again, go ahead. Sorry. One, once again, I mean, coach Atkins, just, <laughs> you said it earlier, Nate, but the way that he mm-hmm. can connect with these kids and really just build that relationship. And, you know, we've heard it from so many guys that coach Atkins was the reason that, they came to Florida State, and I mean, the more you hear guys talk about him, the more you can tell why. I mean, he's just—he's a real ass dude. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the offensive line, another 2022 commit. Most recent one is going to be a top 10 interior lineman, Jalen Early. This was a big time target for Florida State, six four three twenty out of Duncanville. Texas going to be playing against some good competition this upcoming season. Nate and Dealer, this is a big-time pickup once again for Coach Atkins. I feel like Coach Atkins, will he have a statue by 2023? I mean, this <laughs> momentum. And we had a lot of thoughts about Coach Atkins. You know, we'll talk about early here, but we've had a lot of, you know, expectations. And we've heard, we heard really good things about Coach Atkins, about his time at his previous stop. But, I mean, the momentum that he's on is crazy, and he's able to land early here in the 2022 class. Yeah, and honestly, you know, after I got the chance to speak with Jalen um, a couple weeks ago, I felt pretty confident that he was going to end up at Florida State. It really felt like the main contenders here were Ohio State and Texas Tech. And in the end, I mean, you said it already, Logan, Coach Atkins, that relationship had a big impact on him. And his official visit with his family went really well. And he's another guy, um, you know, we had Sap on here and we talked about Jaron Willis being teammates with him. Jalen Early had his teammate Jarrell Powers already committed to Florida State and in his ear trying to get him to join the class. And, you know, all those factors in the end paid off in FSU's favor. And he's a true tack prospect. I think he's probably a right tackle Mm -hmm. at Florida State. And, you know, I think he's a guy could potentially – I'm not saying start next year, but I think he could see some time next year depending on how he comes in and performs. I I definitely think he's college-ready. When you look at his physique and his build, um, you know he's coached up really well. Um, you know he he is definitely going to be one of the most college ready offensive linemen that Florida State brings in. 
I look at him as a guy that can play guard or or right tackle. Um, you know, I, I kind of like him in the interior, but I also like him. In, you know, I like him at tackle. You know, it's intriguing to see what he can do at guard because um, he is a big guy that moves so well. Um, you know, and, and for me, what I think made me feel that it, it was a done deal when, you know, he didn't really go to that Penn State visit. You know, there was talk about him going to Penn State, and you know, when that didn't happen, I. I I felt really good. You know, Florida State felt good about that for a little bit. Um, you know, but it's another feather in the cap, another blue chip guy. You know, that that Coach Atkins, who I think right now has got to be considered one of the top three recruiters in the country right now with what he's done at offensive line and, and, and what he's done for FSU's recruiting period. So great gift for FSU. Um, you know, I don't think Florida State's done on the O-line, just like, you know, Kashawn said. And I think there's one or two more guys that are left to land in this class. Yeah, it's a big offensive line class, but, you know, expect attrition after the season. And, you know, they need it. You know, they, they, they need to bring as much talent and competition to that offensive line. So big feather in the cap for, for, for our boy, uh, Coach Atkins. Absolutely. Well, speaking of boys, you know, that's – your boy there for Atkins, Nate. This is your guy. You get the room here, the whole floor to talk about him. You've already said that he's the number one player for the last five classes, but officially written down right now, and he'll probably stay that way with his season coming up. Travis Hunter, five-star commit, has been named the number one player in the country per 247 sports. Finally, it's happened. Felt like this should have happened a long time ago. You know, this whole thing. It's kind of a different kind of story where you've got Quinn uh, Ewers. He's electing to forego his senior season, five-star quarterback, and he's going to be going to Ohio State this summer. But still, I mean, Travis Hunter, he deserves this ranking most certainly. Mm-hmm. Nate? Yeah, I, I get it. You know, typically that's designated for quarterbacks, the defensive offensive linemen. You know, rarely do you see, you know, DBs rated that high. But, you know, we've talked about it so much on this podcast about how special of a football player this kid is. Um, he's the best football player in the class. Even with Quinn Ewers still in the class, I think Travis was number one. Um, you know, now the kid deserves his 1.000 rating uh, because, you know, n- no recruit's flawless. You know, everyone has things they got to work on. But, you know, I, have, I haven't seen a more college-ready player in, a, in quite a while. Probably since Derwin. And, you know, yeah, I'm a little bit of a homer that, you know, I was a huge Derwin fan. Uh, but like, this kid is so special on either side of the ball to be the number one cornerback and the number one wide receiver. In this class, you know, he he finally gets what he deserves. Um, and I expect him to just prove it on the field this season that he's the, without a doubt, number one player and has deserved that rating the entire time. You know, he's done it in the seven-on circuit. He's done it in the camp circuit. And, you know, we saw him spring where he did it in the spring with the pads on, too. So, you know, I just – sky's the limit with this kid. I can't I can't wait for him to be at FSU. Yeah. Nah, he deserves it all. And- you know, one thing, too, that, you know, you had the new website on three, whatever it's called. You know, they named Marvin Jones Jr. the their number one player in the country, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, what was your thoughts on that? Um, you know, I, I can't. 
I came I came into this cycle that he is the most important recruit, uh, mainly because of family. And we just lost Nate. <laughs> it's always whenever he's mid sentence. It's good insight. That is good insight. It looks like he's Killed half that. asleep. Nate, if you can hear us, we have lost you. I'll get my thoughts on I, I, I would stop oh. short of the number one player in the country right now. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know. Nate, you don't know this, but we lost you for about 30 seconds there. Yeah. We heard the beginning <laughs> and the very end. Yeah, we need the middle uh, there. You started the beginning. Now give us the middle. <laughs> well, what I, what I was saying was that um, I think it's great for for MJJ to get the recognition that he deserves. Um, he is, in my opinion, has been a little undervalued. Um, I do think he's a top 15 player, but I stopped short of the number one player because Travis Hunter has that spot locked in. I'm glad we could hear that. <laughs> and now he lost Nate fully, so he's gone. He gave up there at the end. Uh, but yeah, Marvin Jones Jr. is by far top priority. We've got to see recently how many, you know, the whole staff, you got the, the janitors there. You've got the window cleaners there in the picture during his visit, got everybody involved there. So they pulled out the red carpet, rolled it out for him, but that is a big time target heading into, uh, this upcoming season. Uh, some other things here on the quick hitters, Delu. Some uh, some big time targets. You know, you've got Tony Mitchell, five star DB, puts Florida State in his top ten, and along with Cromani uh, McLean, another five star DB. Both guys most recently visiting Florida State. D. Lou, some good news for That's FSU. Uh, missed one. I missed one. Yeah, Cromani McLean. He was supposed to visit, but he didn't actually make it. But Tony Mitchell did make it, which is huge to get him in for that unofficial visit. You know, all the way out from Alabama. But, you know, Florida State, they've been recruiting these guys very hard. Obviously, the number one and the number two DBs in the 2023 class. And, you know, they feel good about where they stand right now. I think the real keys are getting them back on campus in the fall to check out a Florida State game in person. And we'll just have to see if that comes to fruition. I'm just this trying com- not to laugh. Like, what yeah, th- th- this comment here from Stan, I believe, is in our Discord. Fantastic comment. Like, that's made my night. That's pretty funny. Logan looks like he's broadcasting from the lobby of a strip club. It's the lights, man. It is the lights. Dude, come on. It's, it's the lights. Like the, a red room. It's I the lights change. with the mini fridge. That's what it is. That's what's doing it for you. And they're like changing colors. Yeah, like I can change it real quick. That's the fanciness of it. I like it. It's like mood lighting, but it's a little freaky. And speaking of mood lighting, here comes Nate. To, he, well, actually, I'm going to get rid of that comment so he can't see and make fun of me. <laughs> Everything's good, Nate. All things all, all good. Matt, what did you say? Nothing. I didn't say anything. It's about. It's just about you know Travis yeah, Hunter being the talk- best player ever. No, they're talking actually, about actually, yeah. we, were talking, we were talking Saturday, about... Uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday... what is happening guys we're falling off the rails before we fall off the rails though let's get into some fall camp stuff Uh, actually no we're not going to fall camp we're going into this silly crap that i saw from espn real quick uh whenever they were releasing the top 25 blah blah bs whatever espn 
placed Florida State not even in the top five of traditions. They got Ohio State's dotting the T at number one. Well, just not even the T; it's the I. Like, yeah, what are we doing, ESPN? <laughs> Idiot. And I, I've never even thought about Ohio State in that tradition. It's a, it's a good tradition. It, it is a good tradition, especially like we, I know a lot of Ohio State grads like. God, hold, like, what are you doing? You just hang well, out with them all the time. Yeah, a lot of the people, like some people, Charlotte. that are grad assistants at Florida State were Ohio State grads. So you know, I, I talked to a lot of them. And they, just, they 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 just hold dot in the eye and, and such high acclaim. I don't get it, but I somewhat understand it. Number two is Clemson's uh, Howard's Rock rubbing themselves on a rock before they run down a hill is number two in college football for traditions. Which, if they weren't good, it, no one would care. No one would give a flying f. Yes, so that's hilarious. Number three is Army Navy. Yes, we give our. Um, give our respect to them for their uh, cadet march, right, Dilu? You had to think about it. What you were gonna say? I was gonna say oh, my respect to that. And then I go to number four, Ralphie's Run for Colorado is in the top five of college football traditions. Which a lot is of cool, you guys, but it's not. It's cool, but it's not a spear, a flaming spear going into the ground. You're copying my tweet. Austin, I didn't you see didn't it. give me a retweet. You didn't give me a retweet on it, huh? I didn't see it. Number five, oh, Iowa's the Nicket Wave. The Nicket Wave. Okay, so yeah, I, I like that yeah. one. That one's great. I it's fairly it's it's new, but I do I do really like it. Yeah, yeah, it, it is fairly new. So this doesn't. I mean, you know, entrances. Maybe that's where you put Clemson's, but still, I mean, a top five tradition overall in college football, and you've got a team rubbing their fingers on a rock. That doesn't make a lot of sense yeah, to how, me. How you don't have Florida State or even Michigan's up there? Yeah, like, yeah. Can't, both of those are easy top fives. You can't have a top five without either of those. A lot of people <laughs> said Notre Dame, and then a lot of people were like, well, they just started doing the play like a Champions thing in the '80s. So, how much is that really tradition? Yeah, uh, this list is stupid. Just to make sure everybody knows <laughs> that <laughs> it's stupid. But uh, ESPN back at it again. You've got eighty thousand going crazy and the thing is you go through all your pregame everything the band's done blah blah blah, and then you've got both teams looking at each other you got uf you got fsu they're coming at each other got the helmets up and then before the first thing you do before kickoff is renegade and osceola coming down with a flaming spear and renegade you know arching all the way up and then planting it and boom I'm so ready to see it. Notre Dame Labor Day weekend night game. Oh, it's gonna be loud! Oh my God, it's I can't gonna be wait. Loud. I can't I wait. Hope, I hope it's a good spear plant. You know, yeah, uh, he's been good so far. I will say he has been good. I've been to all the home games. Uh, I just know over that? the past couple years, you know, there's been a couple questionable ones. There, there's been some <laughs> iffy ones from Renegade. <laughs> Michigan. I, <clears throat> sorry, what he say? Michigan. The, the remember the uh, Orange Bowl? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That hasn't happened in a while. I think Renegades doing ha- has a really good training camp right now. Uh, we'll see if the sources will give us any nuggets on that. Make sure you guys are on the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash No Game Day on Renegades training camp. Before we get more scoop on him, let's jump into some defensive position previews before fall camp begins, gentlemen. We're finally here. This is our last preview. The guys report tomorrow and practice begins on Saturday. So we really are here. Football season has begun. Let's start off with the defensive end group, guys. 
there's a lot to be excited for. I think Dustin has been very excited for this group. He thinks that there's going to be a big-time upgrade here. You're obviously bringing in big-time transfer from Georgia, Jermaine Johnson, which Florida State and Mike Norvell are looking at him to make a lot of plays this upcoming season, a lot of sacks, play well in the running game. Jermaine talked about it during the ACC kickoff. But there's still some other guys that I think personally impressed me during the spring, like a guy named Derek McLendon, Quashawn Fuller, Keir Thomas, too, who we didn't get to see during the spring, but transferred from South Carolina. There's there's some there's some things to like heading into this uh, fall camp at defensive end for Florida State. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's be honest. Last year, the defensive ends, they finished the season with a total of three and a half sacks. So I think entering 2021, as long as you can get four sacks, that, that's an improvement. And I think Florida State is primed to get a lot more than that. They've completely revamped the defensive end room this offseason. Logan, you mentioned some of those transfers coming in. Another guy who recently was officially announced on the roster was um, Alabama A&M transfer Marcus Cushney, a guy who was a, a high-profile pass rusher in the FCS the past couple seasons, and I think he's going to have an, an instant impact on Florida State's defense, maybe not as a starter, but one of the first guys off the bench behind uh, Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas. Um, and also, you know, Leonard Warner, a guy, a veteran guy who's been around forever, he is likely – going to be fully healthy for fall camp and probably be in that rotation and there's some other young guys tj tj davis josh griffiths you've got some of the young guys uh true freshman george wilson byron turner patrick payton and chambray jackson so i mean there's a ton of bodies at defensive end a ton of potential and i think it really helps to have those guys at the very top who have that veteran experience they're proven college players and then the guys behind them can kind of fill in as they start to grow into their roles yeah, Jermaine Johnson is coming in. He's coming in great shape. That dude looks like a monster, and he's looking to get to the league. This is his money season times a thousand. He wants to make plays. He wants to make plays on national television, and he's got the chance to start off against Notre Dame. But Florida State and Adam Fuller are going to look at him to make some big time uh, QB rushes. Man, that's just been the problem for Florida State. We were thinking last season. You know, you've got the mob. Uh, coming back for a second season in a row, but it just did nothing. It was piss poor, and if Nate was on here, he'd probably say even worse, but it just was pitiful. It was sad and disgusting to watch, and that's just not what you think of when you think Florida State defense. You think guys that are nasty at the D-line coming after the quarterback, but that made it to where this defense really struggled. They were struggling against the pass because there was no rush up there, and they're going to look at some of these guys and make plays, and I think there is going to be some surprises I'm very high. I thought Derek McClendon had a great spring along with Fuller. I thought, you know, Fuller ha- has really looked better. He's, his shape has gotten better. He's faster yeah. off, the, off the side of the ball. d we were both at those spring scrimmages. Yeah, agreed. Quashon Fuller, you know, a guy who didn't play his first year in Tallahassee, but since then has really committed off the field. And like you said, Logan, been putting in the extra work. His body has really come along. And, you know, I don't think he's going to break into that starting role this year. But there's a good chance that he plays a big role in that defense coming off the coming off the bench, providing quality snaps. And, you know, I'm excited to continue to watch him grow. I think he can help Florida State not only rushing the passer, but helping set the edge as well. You know who, you know, we can mix into this as a hybrid is Amari Gaynor because I think he's going to be utilized a lot in that pass rush more than he did last year. I think Adam Fuller didn't know necessarily where to put him at. I think without a spring the season being all over the place, Fuller and also Marv 
were just kind of not fully on the same page on like where to work him at, where to put him, which package. I do think you're going to see a lot of number 33 out there rushing the quarterback this upcoming year, in my opinion. Yeah, I could see it. And, you know, I said it earlier, but there's so many different guys in this room with so many different skill sets. I think Florida State, they're going to have to set up uh, pass rushing packages like that. Uh, you mentioned Gaynor. I think Leonard Warner could be in that conversation. Obviously, Marcus Cushney, um, who I mentioned earlier, and then maybe some of the true freshmen. I think Byron Turner and Patrick Payton could potentially get some snaps in uh, pass rushing situations. Shad says down here, great. My oldest son, uh, four, walks in and says, that guy looks like my daddy. While pointing at Dustin. <laughs> Don't really know what that means, but that gives us a great transition into moving on to our next topic position group here. And we're going to move over to defensive tackles, who also didn't impress whatsoever last season and was a complete letdown. But look, let's hope that there's a future ahead for some uh, improvement. You know, you look at Marvin Wilson, there was going to be, he was going to be one of the top 10 college football players. That went squat. That never happened. Uh, you're looking at Robert Cooper, who's kind of just maybe maybe steadily moved up a little bit and improved. Uh, but, you know, you've got Fabian Lovett, who I'm really, really excited for on that interior side of the defensive line. And he had a great spring. I don't think enough people are Excellent talking spring. about him. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people are talking about enough. And, you know, there was just only a select few that got to see him in those spring scrimmages. I don't think people are talking about love it enough and it's going to come to a surprise to a few of them probably against the Notre Dame game. But you know, at least here on here, the spear you heard it first, Fabian love it, I think is going to have a, have a very impressive season for the Knowles this upcoming year. Yeah. You got to put some respect on his name because in my opinion, I, I think he was one of, if not the most overall impressive player that I got to see uh, during spring scrimmages in the spring game. I mean, he was just annihilating the offensive line getting into the backfield at will. It didn't matter if it was a run. He was getting by a guy, getting a tackle for loss. If it was a pass. He was doing a swim move and, you know, getting a sack on the quarterback. He was just dominant throughout the whole spring. And I can't remember, you know, a specific moment in my head where he really lost a, a battle or something like that. I mean, he was just absolutely terrific. So excited to see that transition onto the field this fall. And, you know, another guy who you really love, Logan, Dennis Briggs, who came back uh, midseason last year, kind of gave a little bit of a boost to that defensive line and uh, had some strong performances. Excited to see him continue to grow. You mentioned Robert Cooper as well, and he was a guy, whenever we were out there, we saw Odell being pretty hard on Coop. I mean, he had a couple tough uh, spring scrimmages, and I remember at one point, you know, he was doing up-downs at the end of practice while uh, Odell was talking to the rest of the guys. So, you know, excited that first three, really excited to see them. And then after that, it's going to be up to Florida State to find some depth to, to uh, take up the other snaps. And I know you guys mentioned Kier Thomas for the defensive ends. I think it's important to mention him as part of the tackles, too, because I think we're going to see him a lot on pass rush sets, sliding inside and rushing from the interior like we saw him do at South Carolina. So I think it's important to mention him here. But, but like you said, you, the depth behind the main three is a little concerning, but there's talent. Yeah, I'm excited for Dennis Briggs. Like you said, D. Lou, I was really looking forward to seeing him last season, but he decided to opt out and take care of family. He comes back near the latter of the season, comes in great shape, plays first game and plays a good amount of snaps and plays well. And I think that's going to be a big time. Uh, it's not going to be a depth guy. He's going to play and start a few games, I think, this upcoming year. He played well. 
and he's going to be a, a force definitely in the running game. I thought he was solid last year. So I'm excited for uh, number six up there at the front. I think, I think, you know, there, there's some sleepers and, you know, it's, it's can't blame anybody for, you know, not being so excited maybe for love it or some other names on the defensive tackle group, because there just really wasn't that great of play last year. Um, it's, it's, you got to hope, you've got to hope that there's an improvement there. There's got to be, it has to be, or this defense is going to struggle once again. You're not going to crack into that top 50. Uh, you're just not going to in the country as a defense. So that pass rush has got to be better. Yeah. And right now on the interior, you know, you're really relying on Lovett, Cooper, and Briggs to stay healthy. Austin, you said it, but outside of that, there's just, there's not any proven depth. I mean, True Thompson, he's played some snaps here and there. Jarrett Jackson transferred in from Louisville last year. I don't believe he saw the field, and if he did, it wasn't very much. And Malcolm Ray, same thing. A guy came into Tallahassee um, as a touted high school prospect with a lot of potential, um, was impressive during his retro year during practice. I believe he was like the practice player of the year or something like that, but it just hasn't yet translated onto the field. And then finally, uh, the guy I think I like the most of the reserves is true freshman – uh, Joshua Farmer, another guy who whenever we were out there, he had some impressive showings in the spring. So, you know, those guys, Odell has just got to figure out how to get them to continue to grow and make that uh, next step on the field. Yep. Let's move into the next position group here, gentlemen, linebackers. This is kind of a, this is a interesting one. You're bringing back your veteran uh, guy with Emmett Rice. We'll see if he's fully ready to go. It was concerning to see him in the spring limping. Uh, seemed to be a knee injury that he was dealing with. Although lately we've seen that he's kind of been jumping around and looks like he might potentially be maybe limited, if not a full go for fall camp. We shall see. But that is going to be a leader at, and a veteran there that finished off the season, season very well. Played the run game defense very nicely to finish off the season. We'll see if he's fully ready to go. But then after that, guys, it kind of gets really young. You're looking at two big-time guys. You got DJ Lundy along with Steven Dix Jr., who got a lot of PT last year. Uh, you know, a lot of people are hyped about Steven Dix Jr., and there's some things that, you know, looking back at film, there's a lot of missed assignments and reads and such and not filling the right gap. But he's a dude that, you know, is an extremely impressive uh, physical-wise but you look and, you know, it's hard to give, it's hard to get on him, in my opinion, for Steven Dix Jr. I think a lot of people inside the Discord were kind of talking about him today. And I just don't fully give anybody after last season a hard rep. I mean, you're getting thrown in there as a true freshman. There's a reason why Coach Marvin Norvell and Adam Fuller wanted him in there is just to kind of get that college college football experience. But this year, it, it's got to change and he's got to get his reads and assignments better because there, there's there's a lot of potential in this group between those young linebackers. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're critiquing <clears throat> a true freshman playing in a COVID year who didn't get a full spring or a full offseason. It's just not, you know, it's not fair. Last year was a year unlike any other that we've ever seen in college football. Like you said, Logan, it's really hard to fault a lot of guys, fault a lot of guys on their performance. But I think the big thing is looking at the steps that Stephen Dix Jr. has made this offseason, which is continuing to bulk up his body. I think everyone has seen this stuff floating floating around on Twitter today that he's up to 240 pounds of literally pure muscle. Like if I punched him, my hand would probably break. 
So, you know, he's developed his body in the weight room. Um, a big, a big uh, negative on him last year was just taking the wrong angles um, on tackles. And we saw that improve a little bit more in the spring. And it's just, you know, it comes with awareness and playing snaps and continuing to grow. And he's just so young, you know, but there's so much potential. And I think being able to take um, stuff away from Emmett Rice and the career that he's had at Florida State and Amari Gaynor, learning from the experiences that they've had is only going to benefit him. Yeah, I'm looking at Amari Gaynor, too. We talked about him just a little bit ago, but Gaynor, too, is going to play a pivotal role in that defense in the linebacker unit this upcoming year. He can go east and west, north and south very quickly. They don't like how he was used this last season, and if he's not used correctly again, there will be a few tweets like there were last year, but just that's a that's a talent talented guy, man. He's still still a little bit raw and he's one of the most physical guys on the defense but i i just feel like there was some places last year where he shouldn't have been underutilized i guess i would say that'd be my definition of him last year there's got to be a fix for that heading into this upcoming year for number 33 that tallahassee native child's high school yeah definitely yeah like you said there was a couple games where his usage was a little weird like they were only using him using him in like the red zone or yeah and like his snaps were kind of limited in some games. It was it was a strange. Lot. But there was some games where I, we had to talk after the game, D Lou, I know, when we were uh doing uh instant reaction. We're like, did 33 see the field? What what happened? Is what, what what's going on? <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, I was I like, mean, it's obvious, you know, this coaching staff, the the staff and the players last year on that defense, it just didn't really feel like they were on the same page, they weren't meshing with one another. And whether going back, whether that is just a product of not having spring practice and being able to install that new defense or not having the full offseason, not being in person together all the time. A lot of those things had to do virtual virtually for a little bit. You know, we'll see because now they've had that full process this year and there's a lot of positive vibes coming out from everything that we've heard and, you know, excited to see as they transition into camp, is that going to keep happening or are we going to start hearing bad things about the defense now? Because really it's going to be up to them to step up this defense. It was, it was terrible last year. I mean, let's be honest. And if they can work their way back to being an average to even an above average unit, I mean, think about the benefit that will have for Florida state on the field. Mm, it'd be pretty bad. I think it was really, 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 really rough to watch last season. It was really tough to come on here on a show and now we'll be live streaming so that's even scary to think and we might have to i don't know i'm gonna have to have not to watch out but let's just uh, this is a defense that allowed 456.3 yards per game in nine games last year yeah it's, like it's it was be hard to be worse than that yeah i mean it was <laughs> the worst like nate would come on here and say this is the worst defense i have ever seen and nate is just you know he he eats his oatmeal and such so he's a little bit he's a little bit older than us and he's seen a lot a lot of different uh more defenses than us should say but you know it was atrocious last year it was embarrassing to watch and you just don't think of that as a florida state defense but not to go on a rant here but there's some optimism you know a spring should help fuller right maybe we'll see please 
please, hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. So let's jump into the DB position group here before we head into some special teams to finish off this breakdown. First off, let's jump into some names. Who's going to be the two starting corners? We talked about this two weeks ago on the show. Uh, one of my top concerning things is going to be who is going to be your two starters there because you lose Asante Samuel Jr. He's off to the NFL with the Chargers and is going to have a good season, rookie season, I think. And that is a talented guy. And I think in this season, we'll, we'll we're going. I think Florida State fans are going to miss. Uh, Sante Samuel Jr. out there on that field. I really do think so. But you are bringing back returning guys that saw the field last year with Jerry and Jones. Uh, you got Miko Dotson also out there. You got Jarvis Brownlee. There, there's returning guys. There, there's always going to be talent at on Florida State's to fish uh, on the DB room. You know, you never have to worry about that. But it, I think it's really the problem here for Coach Woodson and Fuller is figuring out who fits where the best. You know, which which guy is going to work. You know, the boundary. You know, which guy is going to be on the opposite side? That's going to be the biggest question mark. Who goes to nickel? But I, I think there's some optimism for this DB room. Just question marks on who fits where the best. And that's going to be my number one concern heading to the fall camp. Keeping an eye on how that competition goes. I'm interested to see who they trot out there first. Because, Dilo, if I remember, it was Jerry and Jones and Brownlee, the two starting corners that we saw at the first scrimmage. And then I believe it was um, Jamie Robinson kind of in that nickel spot, if I'm correct. Unless it was Travis J. Yeah, it was either Jamie or Brandon Moore. It was one of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, this DB room is is something to uh, keep an eye on with this fall camp because that is two. That is a huge question mark about who's going to be those those starters. And there's there's a lot of depth. It's not even just the starters. You didn't even mention Akeem Dent, who's yeah. you know had a really good freshman year, was banged up last year. Yeah, you have a transfer from UCF and Brandon Moore. And there's a lot of depth in the secondary. How it shakes out as far as two starters, I still prefer Brownlee to go in the nickel, and then you figure out your outside too, whether it's Jerry and Dent or whoever. But there's a ton of talent there. Just how it shakes out, who knows? Yeah, I mean, on paper, this is probably one of the most talented positions on the roster. Not a lot of veteran depth. I mean, obviously, you've got Brandon Moore and Miko Dotson, who are going to be seniors, <clears throat> who both transferred into Florida State. But outside of that, it's a lot of younger guys who are really just continuing to grow. I mean, you think about the, the flashes that we saw from Travis Jay. He looked like he could be an elite college defensive back last year, and he's just got to keep putting it all together. A guy I'm really excited about, Logan, who we got to saw during, uh, see during the spring, was Jamie Robinson, who is just – he's built like a linebacker playing defensive back, and he's going out there to knock your head off. So really excited to see what he can bring after transferring in from South Carolina. Yeah, no, Jamie looked great during that uh, spring scrimmage that we got to see him. I thought he looked great in red zone. And, you know, the only few passes that were sent his way were deflections. And I coming in as a transfer like that, that impresses me a lot. You're getting thrown out there with the starting group right away. That that right there impresses me. And I like the way he's came in. He looks great. He's built well. And he's a guy that I think Florida State is going to have trotting out there really early on against Notre Dame. And but you're, you're stacked there in the safety room too, guys. I mean, like we were talking about, you've got Renardo Green. Does Akeem, we'll see in fall camp. There's some, some rumors, maybe Akeem Den. Does he trot back out there to safety during this upcoming uh, season or fall camp? And then Brennan Gant, who, you know, big hitter, you know, if things work well and he gets down, you know, some per, not making mistakes here and there and causing flags, like that, that is a, guy that is extremely talented at the safety position. You got Travis J2 returning, who will be a starter there. 
Got the freshman Sidney Williams who had some flashes. Yep, exactly. So that that not even the the corner positions, but also the, also the safety room. You've got depth, and there's going to be competition. And there's one outlier. There's a guy called Demory Tate <laughs> who gets questioned. That's one of our biggest things on YouTube, Instagram. You know what's going on with Demory Tate? Where he's at, where's he at? You know, no one's talking about him. But you know, he dealt with a whole spring injury. Didn't get to see him play. Haven't got to see him play in his freshman year due to a gray shirt situation, but you know, if he's fully healthy, that seems to be one of the most talented guys in that defensive backfield. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And, you know, it looks like he might be, I don't know, I don't know if he's gonna be a full go, but it looks like he's off the uh the scooter. And I can't remember if, if he was wearing a brace or not on uh, one of the most recent pictures I saw of him. I think they were like at district eight five oh or doing something but either way you know he looked like he was in a lot better shape than whenever he was on that scooter with the um cast on back whenever we saw him during the spring game and like you said i mean this was a guy he i can't remember if he was a five star or he was right on the cusp of being a five star coming out of high school and really the crown yeah. jewel of mike norvell's first recruiting class at florida state didn't get to play last year while working on academics but i mean all the potential in the world to be that next great defensive back at Florida state. And it's just going to come down to getting past those injury woes. Yeah. That's the thing with him. Like you said, D Lou at the end of his recruitment, man, there was a lot of schools, big time schools out of the sec that were after him. I believe Alabama. Yeah. Like they were heavily after him and they were thinking, you know, if he had been seen a little bit more in camps, he was going to move within that five star range. But that's why I think, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll have a, there's a lot of question marks going into this fall camp, definitely on the defensive side, but overall, even on the offense that, you know, we're going to get very soon. And Demory Tate is one of them. Is he going to be trying out there full hundred percent? Is he going to be limited? You know, there, there's a lot of things. It seems like majority though, going into camp, this team is pretty healthy, which is a good thing to hear. You know, that's a, that's a great thing. And, you know, knock on wood, if I have any, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably get, <laughs> canceled i've got to find all right i do have wood this is this is wood we'll knock on it right here so we're good i won't get canceled here whenever something hits the fan but uh yeah that db room i'm excited it's gonna be fun to uh cover that and we'll be hearing some scoop on that uh, starting saturday let's move into a little bit of special teams quickly to finish this off Dustin Lewis, you have long snapper down here. Grant Glennon, one of the best players in FSU history, decides to transfer from Florida State. Best of luck to him. He is gone. What is going to be the answer, Mark, here, a long snapper for Florida State? <laughs> Man, oh, let me tell you, I am. What are, what are they going to do? This has been keeping me up at night. I am worried. Grant Glennon, he spurned us for Eastern Kentucky. I mean, come on, Grant. <laughs> I know they paid for your grad school or something, but come on. So now devastating blow, devastating blow. Now the long snappers on the roster, you've got uh, Garrett Murray who was here last year as well, backed up Grant Glennon. And then you've got James Rosenberry, a transfer in from Maryland who uh, John Papuchas has actually been able to work with in the past. So, I mean, this is a thrilling battle. You've got a guy who's experienced in Florida state special team system versus a guy who, who Papuchas has worked with and has all the talent in the world coming in from Maryland. So, I mean, I'm really excited for that, for this one. Um, I think one of these guys probably could win a snapper of the year moving forward. And, you know, the cream rises to the top. We're just going to have to see on this one. 
But I'm going to go Rosenberry. Wow. Is that just because of the fun, cool name? Or is that because of the relationship with Coach Pap? I I think he's coming here for a reason. He ain't coming here to sit on the bench. He transferred (laughs) in to set records. So we'll keep an eye on that close uh, competition here. If we just had more time on the show, we'd probably dive into it for about 20 more minutes. But sadly... Okay, don't bring that back. Please don't bring back that motion with your hands. Never, ever again. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad there's people that listen to this on the podcast. They don't have to see it on the live show. But anyways, let's jump into also punter and also kicker. So you've got the Australian uh, Alex Mastromino. I hope I said that name right. I think I did pretty good on it, guys. Is that Mastromino? I think that's pretty good. Uh, don't ask, don't ask Dustin. Like, I just yeah, call him the, the punter from down under. I knew it was uh, coming. I knew it was coming. Oh, hey, oh, that, that makes me want to get off the stream, but I can't. Yes, yeah, so he comes back up and down season last year. He does have a leg, man. He does have a leg. We'll see how he does in his second season under Coach Norvell. You know, special teams is a big time thing for FSU. If you're a starter, you're still you know you're you're still going to be implemented in some of those packages and. You know, they were very successful on, you know, um, kick blocking, too. If you think about it, you know, that's what really kept them in that game with North Carolina. And, you know, that's what helped them beat North Carolina. And, you know, if that didn't happen, they, they weren't going to beat the Tar Heels. But Florida State is very heavily with special teams. And you look at kicker now. And this is going to be an interesting one here. I think it's going to be a competition once again between uh, you've got Fitzgerald you know, comes into his second season. And then you've also got, well, actually third, if you think about it. And then you've also got, um, Rothhaus. Yeah. Like you said, this is a, another thrilling battle that we're going to get to witness in fall camp. Mm-hmm. Both of these guys went four out of seven from, uh, well, they were both four out of seven from field goal last season. So, I mean, obviously you're looking for a guy who's going to come in, set himself apart and be more consistent. Um, you know, Florida State haven't they haven't had the best, how do you say it? They haven't had really good field goal kicking. I, I guess that's how I would say it the last couple of years. You know, yeah, it's been inconsistent, yeah. Things and that's in well with uh Ricky, obviously. And you know, I'd really love to see <laughs> that be a turnaround because I think it can just help the offense, you know, hit the chip shots. Yeah. I'm a complete complete clown. That's why I was kind of questioning myself when I said third or second year, just to make sure before I do get canceled and I lose everything at Noel Game Day, I meant to say second year for Ryan Fitzgerald. My bad. Shout out to number 88. Hope he stays healthy. But that is like going to be a thrilling battle this fall camp between Grothaus, who is a walk-on, and this you've got Ryan Fitzgerald. Year, huh? This is his third year, though. Well, I I guess I was right then. Kind of, I yeah, so damn, I am smart. So I'm going to go back and say to Clown Logan, you're not a clown. I take that back for myself. Yeah, you're Perfect. still a clown. Thank you for that. <laughs> Let's move real quick. We don't have a place here, but kick return and punt return. I think for me right now, answer at punt return is going to be Travis J. And then you move to kick return, and that's going to be Corey Wren and also Travis J slash kind of Keyshawn Helton. That's what we were looking at during this spring bring scrimmages i'm trying to think if i'm missing anybody d lou was there some there was but jammy was jammy also at it kick was. return there, were, there was a couple different guys who were out there each practice uh 
catching punts and kicks. Let me see if I can. I'm trying to think of some names. I know Keyshawn Helen. You got Travis J. Corey Rand, Jamie Robinson. 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 I should know that. That's my last name. But I'm trying to think. I feel like there was one more name that kind of surprised us. Um, Deshaun Corbin, Ja'Kai Douglas, Corey Wren, Jordan Young, Travis J., Miko Dotson, Jamie Robinson, and Keyshawn Hilton were all returning punts prior to the spring scrimmage. So Miko Dotson surprises me. That's the name that stands out, in my opinion. Out of all that group, you have a corner right there returning both punts slash kickoff return. I'm just trying to get a feel so, you know, if we see them trot out, it's not going to be so much of a crazy surprise but yeah i think we, we got, douglas Corey wren travis jay and Keyshawn hilton should all really be in that mix i was most recently told from a source inside the program that jakai douglas is one of the fastest guys on the team he could compete with Corey wren i don't think that's fully true with Corey wren but he is one of the fastest in that top two top three on the team as one of the fastest. So it wouldn't make sense though, for him getting some burn in practices and scrimmages at kick return along with pun return, but really kick return utilizing that speed. If you see Corey Wren and also Douglas out there, uh, you know why? Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. He was another guy out of, out of Louisiana in the same class as Corey Wren. And I believe he ran, ran track as well. Not to mention played all over the field on his offense, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, kick returner, punt returner. So, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, has been productive based off his athleticism, and I think that's just going to continue at Florida State. We saw him make a couple plays during his true freshman season, including that touchdown against Duke. Yep, absolutely. So, special teams, Norvell, as we know, he stated that in his incoming uh, intro to press conference to Florida State, special teams is going to be a big-time focus. There was some success last year and some improvement, and, We'll see who they're going to utilize there in kick return and pun return, but it seems like it's kind of going to be a mix of a Travis J slash Corey Wren show for your main guys there. But, you know, that's going to kind of wrap it up for the defensive position breakdown slash special teams, gentlemen. And that's, you know, these guys are going to be reporting back into town tomorrow with the team. Any kind of last thoughts before fall camp? I'm excited for it. We're going to be giving bat caves, meaning we'll be jumping into voice channels after every practice that night. We'll be giving some scoop on what we're hearing. So that's always a big hit. We've got to use about 50 of y'all listening every night of the scoop that we're hearing. But you know, this, this is going to be a really fun fall camp. You got a quarterback uh, competition. You've got Jermaine Johnson, who looks like he was kind of unstoppable, which is, not so great to hear regarding offensive line, but he had a great spring. You got a two corners that you need. Who's going to be starting? A lot of fun storylines because if you think about it, your top wide receiver is also Andrew Parchman. You know, they're this 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 starting Pretty group on both like sides that. is this starting group right here. <laughs> starting the starting uh, <laughs> offensive defense. There's a lot of transfers that we've never seen play for Florida State that will be trotted out against Notre Dame. And one of those transfers, long snapper James Rosenberry. Book it. Most impressive player of fall camp. All right, let's move on now from that and get out of that because that just wasn't what I was looking for. Anything that you're looking forward to, Austin? Last little remarks before we get get after it. I'm just ready for actual football instead of, you know, talk and weight rooms and players' weights. Thank you, yeah. I'm just ready to see. We'll actually get, like, actual football footage i can't wait 
We don't have to be like, hey, look, Stephen Dix Jr.'s seventh ab is developing. That's what Logan sent in our group chat. If you would get closer to your mic, we'd all be able to hear you. So I heard um, it. Yeah, I can repeat I heard it if you need me to. I didn't hear it fully, but you don't want you want to talk about a guy's abs or something. Austin? You love you love to do it. So I'll leave the floor. I don't talk you. about abs. I talk about weight and how much they're gaining and you know how built they are. You know that's how it goes in football. You don't want to have twigs out there, Austin. Twig Austin. <sighs> Oh man, this is going off the rails. Let's move into a little, let's, let's bring up a question. We haven't had a live question here in a minute. This is something that has been talked about for quite a bit. It's been a chat in the discord for a little bit, but former five-star running back, Kalen LeBourne, you know, got let go from Florida state from coach Norvell and his first season before even the football season began. A guy extremely talented coming in, but it just seemed like there were some things holding him back and personal issues. Christie asked, what's up with the running back LeBourne coming back? And, you know, I've known this for a while that he's been enrolled since the sp- spring at FSU. He stayed at the spring. He hasn't transferred anywhere. Seems like his grades are great. But, you know, to me, this the, the whole LeBourne thing, that's just not happening. You know, that's just not what Norvell... I, Unless something happens, but I, I I just don't think it's happening. I think what he's going to do is end up graduating from Florida State and looking at, at a school to transfer to to play ball. And Logan, you're actually in class with him, right? Last semester. Last semester I was. Oh, it's a new semester already? Jesus. Yeah, it goes by quick. But yeah, I just don't see this happening. The stable right now at depth at running back is just not going to happen, but... Well, I don't even think it's a question. I, I think the only reason that he's still at Florida State is just this is where he has been doing his academics. And I believe um, one of his posts on Twitter the other day was that he had just earned his um, associate's degree. So that means he could he could be trying to find somewhere to transfer to maybe for the fall or, you know, even for next season where that's a Juco spot to rebuild his stock or, or what uh, what have you. But I don't think it's in the cards for him to return to this Florida State roster, and I don't even think it's been a topic of discussion. No, I don't think there's been kind of a thing. Maybe I don't. I really don't think he's even. Maybe he has, but even tried to contact Norvell or staff, you know, trying to get a second chance there. And you know, he, he's a talented guy, and you wish him all the best. You know, it, you know, I'd go back and look back at the spring game and. How, how well he did there and you know his famous quote and such and you know the fan base was pulling for him but just things didn't work out and it stinks and you're also competing with now a guy that's in the NFL with Cam Akers too and it just was kind of an interesting area and health reasons too with injuries caused him to miss some time and you know it, it stinks and you know he gets let go from the Florida State football program and I don't know I just don't that's just not whenever I kind of hear that on social media or I see in the discord, I kind of just say it's just, it's not even a question. Like you said, D Lou don't see it happening. So do wish him all the best though, too. I, th- I think he's a, from what I've heard. I think he, I've heard some really good things about him. Just, just things personally, just to take care of Austin, you get to finish us off here. You get to give us the best rundown that you've had in a long time, because guess what? We were all wrong, and I blame you primarily because I don't ever know what the heck I'm talking about for NBA stuff. So I'm looking at you right now, 
and you screwed us with the Scotty Barnes. I wasn't. I mean, you screwed us fair. with the Scotty Barnes. Like I was just already ready to just celebrate, but you screwed me. Austin. To be fair, if, if you read my Discord, oh, Megatron, here we go. I did say ninety-five <laughs> percent Orlando, but don't be surprised if Toronto takes him. Oh, Toronto don't be took surprised. You know, you made that you made that edit after the. I did not edit that. That No, he edited. I have it in my original notes. You can check it. I I was surprised, honestly. Even though I said "don't be surprised," I was shocked. Yeah, me too. Because even even ESPN was shocked. They had the camera set on Jalen Suggs, and he he got up cheering, and Scotty Barnes freaking out, screaming. It it was great to see. You know, back to back years, the player that wears number four for Florida State goes fourth in the draft after being sixth man of the year. Um. You know, at that point, you're just recruiting. You're recruiting yourself. Florida State's done a phenomenal job developing these guys and getting them NBA ready. Even if I don't love the fit in Toronto, it's a way better fit than had he gone to Orlando, which I I think is going to help him a lot. He's going to a really great culture. You know, they've already got OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam. You know, they've, they've got a couple of vets in that locker room that can that can really develop him. Obviously, you got a really great front office with Masai Ujiri there, a great head coach, and Nick Nurse, who's, in my opinion, is one of the five best coaches in the league. Um, I think it's of – where, of where the destinations we're going to talk about, I think it was the better of the two between them and Orlando. Yeah, and I mean, you look at Nick Nurse, and he's done a really good job of developing young talent the last couple of years. You look, you look at the steps that – Pascal Siakam has taken over his young career. And I think Scotty Barnes could really follow a similar path, you know, as long as everything works out. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he's got the tools. He's got the length. He's got the size. And now you look at that defensive, that defensive ability between Siakam, Ananobi, and Scotty. Good Lord. Good, good luck scoring on those three. Just any given night, they're, they're going to lock down your three best players. It, it, it kind of looks like they saw Brooklyn and went, oh, you got three great scorers. Here's three great defenders. Have fun. That's um, can hit a jump shot. Eventually. Um, you know, Siakam made some made some growth there on Anobis' solid three-point shooter. If Scotty, Scotty can get that. I don't know if you guys saw his um, workout video with that the Raptors posted. His shot looks much faster, much smoother. More fluid. It looks really. He's good. been working. He's really been working, um, and that's that confirms what we've been hearing. You know, leading up to the draft, that teams are comfortable where his jump shots at right now. Um, so we'll see. I think Toronto's going to love him. You know, they love guys with energy like they did with Chris Bosh. You know, in the twenty in the in the two thousands. Um, I, I think Scotty's going to be a very similar type of player for them. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for Scotty. Yeah going to be interested to uh, see how they use them during the summer league, you know, whether that's playing off the ball at the four or whether they actually let them uh, handle it a little bit. And you know, it's cool for him. As soon as he gets to Toronto, he's taking a picture with Drake. Like how cool is that got to be? You got Drake shouting you out on your, on Instagram. I saw that. I had to tweet it. That was pretty crazy. I love that. Especially <laughs> for, for a kid that just turned 20, like the weekend of the draft. They just casually hanging out with Drake. No big deal. I mean, I just think about it, you know, being drafted by Toronto, you're basically being drafted by an entire country and Canada with that being their only NBA team. And I mean, those, they're diehards up there. We saw it um, two years ago whenever they won the the finals. So, you know, a really 
great fan base that Scotty is joining. And, you know, I can't imagine the amount of love that, that he's getting now going up to Canada, but he better buy a coat. And hopefully they stay in Toronto, like, because they had to play this last season in Tampa because of COVID. Yeah. I, I, I really hope they can stay at Toronto. It, like, it was great that they're in Tampa because it was a big reason why they took Scotty because they, they were able to see him game after game in Tallahassee. Um, I just, I really hope he can play in front of that, a Toronto crowd that's as passionate as any fan base in the league. Yeah. Well, the thing with him, it was extremely fun to watch him play. He's explosive and entertaining. And, you know, you go into the Raptors, who has a strong fan base. You know, I think it'll be a fun fit there. And were you shocked that he was a top four overall pick, you know, to you, Austin? I know, you know, D is giving him such a hard time, but. Is it was it a shock? Like, all right, so if I'm ba- basing it back to where he was coming into Florida State, would you think you know that guy is worth a you know a top four pick, top five pick? I mean, d- depending on the recruiting site you looked at, he was a top five recruit. I think ESPN had him fifth, twenty four seven rivals had him seventh, if I'm remembering correctly. So it, it wasn't like it wasn't like with Patrick Williams where he was like twentieth overall recruit and he ends up being the fourth overall pick. You know, this is a guy that's been hyped up for years, playing alongside you know Cade Cunningham who went number one overall, uh, Moses Moody, who went 14th overall to the Warriors in this draft. Uh, it's not like he came out of nowhere to go top five. He, he's, he's got a phenomenal skill set and a phenomenal frame. You know, 6'9", 230, that can play and make, doesn't, does not grow on trees. I mean, that, that's a rare skill set. If he finds that jump shot, he's going to be in the league a very long time. I mean, yeah, you know, I've been tough on him, but I'm, actually, I'm absolutely wishing Scotty the best. You know, I want him to develop – I just thought, and I've said it before, I just thought we would get more out of him last year. But regardless, you know, now that he's in the NBA, definitely going to be rooting for him, even though he's on the Raptors. So a couple games a year, I'm not going to be <laughs> wishing for him to have his best performances. But, you know, like I said before, excited to see how the Raptors use him in this summer league and what his role is going to be moving forward in this organization because they're kind of taking they, – they won that championship. Now they're kind of going to that retooling phase. And it's really going to depend a lot on Scotty. You know, how he can grow, how he can develop could lead this franchise back. Yeah. And he doesn't, the, the good thing is he doesn't have to be the primary scorer when you've already got Siakam and Fred Van Vliet there. He, it's going to be like Florida State where he's not going to be relied upon as the primary scorer. And I think that's going to fit him best. Whereas if he went to Orlando, you know, they're, they'd be asking him to score a lot more than he should have. Um, then going to the second round, Detroit. Yeah surprising absolutely everybody <sighs> taking Balsha Kovrovica 57th overall um, mm. I saw not one but two different NBA analysts called the worst draft selection in the last <laughs> 10 years um, which I was pretty surprised about because Balsha has got talent I, I don't think anybody's going to know that he's got a ton of potential ton of talent I think he had he stayed one more season he he's looking at borderline first round pick next year um, he was just super unproven Um. I was very surprised to see him go ahead, Raekwon Gray, who went two picks later to the Nets, which I love the fit there. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but Balsha going to the, the going to Detroit was kind of surprising. I, I'm not going to lie. No, we had heard a, a little bit that there was late second round buzz for him, but I'd only really heard Charlotte, which ironically was the team that selected him before trading him to Detroit. Um, he goes and joins Luca Garza, who is another. Who was a great college player, but no one thinks he's going to have a very good professional career in the NBA. Just not that athletic. Um, and then he joins the number one overall pick in Cade Cunningham. Um, they traded away Mason Plumley, 
I believe. So they opened up a little bit of center room, but I know they still got Jeremy Grant, um, Isaiah Stewart, who they drafted first round last year. They've got some bigs. He, he's not going to play right away. He'll probably be in the G League for a year or two, and we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, so what do you think his best case scenario is, you know, going into Detroit uh, this season? You think that's a two-way deal? Best case. Yeah, best case two-way deal, which for those that don't know what a two-way deal is, it's basically you get like, thir- I think it's like 36 days in the NBA, and then the rest of the time you spend in the G League. Um, there's options where like they could sign you for the remainder of the season, whatever, whatever. Um, but that, that's probably best case, get a two-way contract. We'll see how he performs in Summer League. Um, he, he made just absolutely ball out in Summer League because some of his workout tapes looked really good heading into the draft. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll see. I think absolute best case. I don't see him having like a Terrence Mann kind of thing where he goes from playing from a two-way contract to a guaranteed four-year deal. That's extremely unlikely. Yeah. I think Boston's got a lot. A lot. But I, I don't know. I, the way, like you said, I think he could have. If he would have stayed another year, I think would have helped quite a bit. But, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes just not how it works. I just, you know, I think he could fit the the NBA game well because you think about how teams really like to play in transition now, push the pace. He could really be effective as that rim-running big. You know, he's really athletic. He could, he's got good hands inside, an improved defender. We saw him a little bit a couple times last year start to stretch it out with his jumper. So we'll see if Detroit tries to get him taking some shots from the outside. And like you said, Austin, there's a lot of potential there. We'll see if Detroit can mold him. And he can, he can even handle the ball a little bit. I mean, we saw him take the ball in transition more than a couple of times last last season. It, he absolutely fits the modern game for a guy that's seven foot one. You know, for him to be able to stretch out to 18 feet, can handle the ball, give you a couple dribbles, and you're not worried about it. Um, his free throw shot looks really good, which which is a really great sign for him being able to spread the floor. Really, all the modern big has to do is set screens, roll to the rim, and not mess up on defense. That's really all you got to do. Um, he's got really quick feet for someone of his size. He, we saw him plenty of times switch out on the perimeter and not get burnt, which is rare for someone of that size. Um, so he, he's got a ton of potential. Whether he sticks, who knows? It's Detroit. Who has a better he's, chance, uh, Balsa or Luca Garza? <sighs> I, who knows? Because Garza was in such the perfect system for him at Iowa, where it was just him down low and four shooters. It, it was kind of like the Dwight Howard Magic days, except they're two completely different players because Garza's more technically sound. You know, he's going to hit you with a whole bunch of different moves, whereas Howard's just athletic, strong. He's going to power through you. But it's the same kind of system where if they suck in, he's intelligent enough to kick out to the open shooter. Um, Iowa even had Joe, Joe Weisenkamp go. Um, or in the second round. So they had shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's not going to be the same for Detroit. He's going to get out-athleted, out-rebounded every single time up and down the floor. But he's talented enough. He's technically sound enough to work. It wouldn't surprise me if he stuck around. Mm-hmm. Then the next guy right here, Raekwon Gray, gets selected by the Nets, man. I think this is a pretty good pickup for the Nets here. I think it, it'll, it'll fit well. I'm really excited for Gray. I think he's got a lot of potential in my opinion. It, it's a great fit, like a phenomenal fit, because they just they needed guys who can play right away, and Turk can play right away. You know, yeah, there's stuff he has to work on, like his three point shot, his turnovers, um, his fouling, but he, he's going to be going to a place where he's not going to be relied upon, like he was at Florida State. And there's so many times where he was initiating the entire offense for Florida State this past season. He's not going to have to do that if he's playing next to Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. And they just signed Patty Mills, who was a great signing for them. 
um, I thought it was a phenomenal fit. They also drafted Cam Thomas out of LSU, which is an absolute steal for late first round. I think it's a great fit for Turk. He'll probably be in the G League for a year. Slim down his body, just get get in shape. It wouldn't surprise me at all if you saw him make a major impact by his second season because they just need guys that can play right away. They're cap strapped, paying hard and Irving and Durant over a hundred million. They just need guys who can play, and he can absolutely play. And he's a good mid range shooter. He's a solid three point shooter. And like you said, with him not really being the focal point of that offense, being able to play off of superstars like Kyrie, KD, James Harden. I, I think that just, you know, he'll be able to get open shots with guys double teaming those uh, uh K, those guys I just mentioned. And I think it could be a good fit for him. We'll just have to see. Like you said, Austin, and I think I think he's definitely going to have to slim down a little bit to be able to play in the modern NBA with the way they just get up and down the court so fast nowadays. But I could see it end up working out. What, what he needs to do is just go back and watch Spurs Boris Diaw tape. And That's just good one. try to be him because he it, that'd be a perfect role for him in Brooklyn where he can play off all the stars and just average, you know, seven points, seven rebounds, five assists, and he'd kill it. Even a guy maybe a, like Kyle Anderson. Yeah. And and like these are all guys that are great defenders as well. Dio is a f- tremendous defender, not only in San Antonio, but in Phoenix as well. Um, Kyle Anderson, great defender, great playmaker for his size. Th- that's the kind of player Turk needs to be. He doesn't need to try and step outside his outside his boundary on that team. And now I need to bring up a question here before he leaves away Austin real quick because he's asked twice. Got to give him some love here. Any basketball recruiting news from Cook Cook Yay 33? I mean, the biggest news is Trey Donaldson, who's I know a lot of people hear him for football recruiting, but Florida State just offered him in basketball like a week and a half ago. Um, And very soon after announced that he he was going to be committing August 19th, I believe is the date. Um, things are looking pretty good for Florida State. He's AAU teammates with uh, Gortman, who's a, who's a guy Florida State's after that I think they're probably going to land. Um, he had a really good Peach Jam. You know, I, I'd heard from the staff they they thought he had phenomenal Peach Jam tournament in Atlanta, which is an AAU event there. Um, I think things are trying to really well for him. It's either Florida State or Auburn, in my opinion. He just picked up a Florida State uh, future cast on Rivals this morning. Um, other than that, not too much. That's yeah, cool. like you said on, on Donaldson, I've actually been working on trying to get in talk, get in contact with him for an interview, um, just to kind of clarify his status, kind of see because you know we've heard those rumors about maybe he's only going to play basketball now at the next level. So I just wanted to get him to lay everything out on the table and um, see how it's going, but. You know, excited for him just because he actually goes to uh, my former high school. He plays at Florida High. So um, another guy recently came out of Florida High to Florida State, Raymond Woody. So excited to see the next one, and hopefully it's Trey Donaldson. I wanted to be a Mari Harvey last year. Any guy from my former high school, Florida High, I will root for them. I don't care if he would have went to Florida. I don't care. (laughs) I'm just saying. Sorry, random, random moment. Hey, that's okay, Dustin. You're being nice and Goes showing over, your whatever. yeah. No, 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 no. You're being nice. We 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 care about what you say. I think. Do we? I don't know. But going off to kind of finish this off, VZ. I know we have here on the docket talking about 
uh, Trent Forrest and also Devin Vassell starting their uh, summer league. And, you know, from what I saw, I saw on Twitter the other night that uh, Trent Forrest looks pretty solid. Trent is killing it. First game, he had 19 points, three assists, four rebounds, I believe. Um, and through two games, I've got stats pulled up because, you know, I'm a nerd. Um, through two games, he is plus 26. So just doing typical Trent Forrest stuff. Um, just absolutely killing it. Averaging 14 and a half points per game. So far, he's tied for third in the Utah Summer League. But then Devin Vassell is not far behind. You know, he's only played one game, but 14 points. You know, he had a couple steals, had a really nice putback dunk. Um, just Florida State guys doing Florida State things. Uh, that's all it is. And speaking of those two, I put it on Twitter last night that if you look back at that 2019-2020 team, six of those guys are already in the NBA. Just speaking of the talent that team had. Mm-hmm. You, know, you had Patrick Williams, who obviously went fourth overall, Vassell went 11th. Trent signed a two-way contract and looked really good, not only in the G League, but when he got minutes, he looked really good. Then this year, Balshud and Raekwon Gray got drafted. And MJ Walker signed a Exhibit 10 contract with the Knicks uh, a couple of days ago. Basically, it's, it's ended up going to be a G League contract. But either way, you've already got six guys from that team that should have won a national championship, signed an NBA contract. Getting close to rivaling the 2016-17 team, which had six or seven guys sign NBA contracts and three more sign G League contracts. Um, just a very talented team. Speaks to the speaks to the depth that Hamilton's brought in the last few years. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for that painful reminder. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but and then, like, if if Florida State wants good recruiting tools, you know, they're the only ACC school to have a lottery pick two years in a row. Yep. You know, they had the most draft pick or tied for the most draft picks this year and tied for the most draft picks the last two years with five. Good recruiting tools in my o- opinion. Only school with a lottery pick each of the last two years. Wow. Just just saying. Go to Florida State. That's right. Austin Beasy here on Hear the Spear. Doing some recruiting. Maybe for Donaldson live here at ten thirty at night. It's probably too late for Derek Whitehead, right? Nah, dang it he didn't do good enough <laughs> you blew that for all of fsu thanks a lot austin vz which i guess we should mention he did commit to duke on uh sunday it's a yeah. Shame. yeah i was gonna say shame. good thing whenever you moved your recruiting prediction you just put it on uncertain and never put it on border state well i did yeah i put it on like i had it on duke and then i just changed it to cloudy i'm like it's probably gonna be duke but i'm gonna leave it on cloudy for now yeah yeah oh that stinks Stinks. All right. It's all right, though. I think Florida State will be fine. There's a lot of guys, right? There's a lot of, there's a bright future ahead for Leonard Hamilton. And like you said, that recruiting tools are going to help, I think. In the long run, it's going to help. But, gentlemen, is that it? Everything else? Anybody got last words or messages to family members or friends? You don't have any friends, Dustin, so I understand wow. you shaking your head now, except for us. Wow. I was about to say, he's got <laughs> he's what, what happened to you guys? <laughs> you think you're friends with us? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as always, thank you so much for listening. We've got some really exciting news to share next week on the show. Guys, fall camp also begins practically tomorrow and then also Saturday when the guys hit the field. This is where you're going to want to be is patreon.com slash no game day. Me along with Dustin, Nate, Mikey, uh, every, everybody kind of in the discord alone on staff is going to be dropping in some nuggets. The bat cave is something that we do practically 
five times a week almost. We'll jump in after practices and give you guys the inside scoop of what we're hearing about practice and how it went and such. And we got a quarterback competition to talk about too, which will be fun. So that is in our Patreon called uh, patreon.com slash an game. That's a link you can go to only two ninety nine a month, the cheapest option out there right now. I highly suggest you guys take advantage of it. It has been rocking right now. Definitely tonight with my Steelers playing the Cowboys. I don't even want to know the score. I don't even want to look because okay, I'm seeing tweets. Well, say so Stan um, R just said in the comments, touchdown. I, I, I see. I see. Not. It does show that it looks like we might have just scored a touchdown. It feels like it's got to be like, what, 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter? Jesus. It's a little scary to think of. But anyways, make sure you guys are in that Discord. I highly suggest it. Uh, it's going to be crazy. You know, the Discord just started this time kind of around last year. And, you know, we've got a really cool things coming up this uh, upcoming season to get you guys the best coverage and inside scoop. And a lot of it's going to stay inside that Discord. So we'll see you on there. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere. Hit that subscribe button wherever you're at. We definitely appreciate it. The YouTube has been absolutely blowing up over 100,000 views in the last 28 days. I don't know what's going on, but definitely to all the YouTube people on here, we appreciate the support. And if you're on iTunes right now, definitely feel free to drop a five-star rating. We would uh, appreciate it. But yeah, everybody have a great rest of y'all's week. Fall camp is finally here. Gentlemen, football season, baby. We've made it. Yeah.